Welcome to this episode of Making Waves. I don't know about you, but these last few years have really been interesting. And, you know, I know we're, well, hopefully, mostly past the pandemic, but just with all the things that have went on in our world, I have found that so many people are at this place of rebuilding. I don't know about you. I don't know if you've ever been at a place at rebuilding. I certainly have. And uh, it can definitely be a difficult process, uh, but it also can be really rewarding. But I want to talk today about that process of rebuilding. And I believe that this message is an on-time word for somebody today because um, we need to understand what God's plan is in that. And so I'm going to be, as far as scripture is concerned, I'm going to be in Nehemiah. Uh, So I'm going to read some familiar scripture to you, Nehemiah 4.14, where it says, after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives and fight for your homes. And then it goes on and it says in Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16, so the the wall was rebuilt and completed. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. And so I don't know where you are today. I don't know what circumstances you are in your life, but maybe you are in a place where it feels like that the walls of your marriage have completely crumbled down or the walls of your business uh, or the walls of your church, the walls of your ministry. You know, uh, we see so many people not going to church these days. They're still in the online church business. And, you know, because we got in the habit of that during the pandemic. And that can be really frustrating if you're a person that's in ministry to see those numbers dwindling down. And so, So maybe you're even in a place of rebuilding your church. So I just want to really talk about that today, and uh, we're going to use the story of Nehemiah. So just a little context there. Nehemiah is the king's cup bearer, so his main job responsibility is he drinks from the king's cup and he eats from the king's plate just in case the king's food or drink has been poisoned. How would you like to have that job? So one day, Nehemiah is serving the king, and he's in a country that he's not from, And he has been brought there against his will, but he is serving the king here. But he gets word that his hometown, where he's from, the city of Jerusalem, all of his people, his family, his friends, they are in a state of confusion and chaos. So his hometown, where he's from, it's in a mess. The walls that are around the city of Jerusalem, the very walls that were meant to protect the people, they've been destroyed. They've been burned down. And nobody has been able to repair these walls for a few hundred years. So needless to say, Nehemiah is really distressed. I mean, think about it. If you are in that situation, I mean, to look around and see that the very things that were supposed to be protecting your family, protecting your ministry, protecting your your business, and it's destroyed, it's been burned down. So he is very distressed. He sees that his people have been scattered all over after their city's been destroyed by the enemy, by the Babylonians, and now they've returned to Jerusalem. And his city is full of chaos and insecurity because the walls of the city have not been rebuilt yet. So it's been a couple hundred years since the walls have been torn down, and Nehemiah has some friends come visit him from Jerusalem, and they give him this report in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 3. They say to Nehemiah, they say, Nehemiah, things are not going well for those who have returned to the province of Judah. 
They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And the Bible says that when he heard this, when he heard that the very walls that were supposed to protect his people had been burned down, that he actually had to sit down. He sat down and he wept. And the Bible goes on to say that Nehemiah, he mourned, he fasted, and he prayed. So maybe today when you're listening to this, you're looking at the walls of your own life and you're finding it much in ruins. So what do you do when you see that you're going to have to rebuild the walls of your life or the, re, the rebuild the walls of your marriage? What do you do? The first thing that Nehemiah did is he mourned. So in other words, he didn't try to pretend that what was happening wasn't happening. He didn't try to sweep it under the rug. He didn't try to tuck it away. He didn't say, it's not my problem. Nehemiah was willing to face the facts, to face the situation that he found himself in. And then that allowed him to go ahead and weep and to grieve over them. There are some things in our lives that we just need to go ahead and weep over and grieve over. You know, we walk around trying to be perfect or like we've all, we've got it all together, but sometimes we just need to weep and we need to mourn the loss that, that, that has been, that has come our way. And the Bible says that Nehemiah mourned and he fasted. And that's not really uh, what my main focus is today, but I do want to say to some of you, you know, when you fast, in addition to prayer, fasting is like putting a fire up under a prayer. And that's one of the things that Nehemiah did when he realized that the walls of his people had been torn down. So he mourned and he fasted. He acknowledged and he faced what it was that was happening. He fasted and he prayed. And if you read his prayer, if you went back to chapter one and you read the prayer that he prayed, and I encourage you to do that, the other thing that he does is he reminds God of who God is. You know, sometimes, you know, God knows who he is. He doesn't need reminding of anything, but sometimes we need to remember who God is. So sometimes we need to go back in scripture and find those verses that tell us who God is. And we need to speak those out loud and speak those to God and remind him, hey, you're the God who parted the Red Sea when their enemy was behind me and the sea was in front of me. And then after he reminded God of who God is, it says, then he repents. So what is he repenting for? He's not there. He's in another town. But the Bible says he repented personally and he repented corporately. You know, we don't talk about repentance, but you know, repentance is something that should be an ongoing thing. You know, we need to take account of our day you know, and at the end of a day or during a day, you know, make sure that our accounts are clear with God, especially when he's calling us to do something. When we need to be able to hear from him with clarity, we don't want that to be skewed because there's something that's in between us. So we need this, this country needs, our world needs to enter into a season of repentance. And the Bible says that refreshing comes by repentance as well. So he repents personally, he repents corporately, and then he reminds God of his promises. You know, the Bible is full of thousands of promises that are for us. And one of the things I do when I'm discouraged is I will go through and find the promises that God has for us and circle them and underline them. Sometimes I've actually stood on those promises, laid my Bible down and stood on them and reminded God of the promises that he has for me. 
And then the next thing that Nehemiah does is he tells God specifically what it is that he needs. He is so upset, Nehemiah, that the king that he works for notices that he's upset. And he asks him, what makes you so unhappy? And so Nehemiah explains his distress, and the king gives Nehemiah his permission to go back to his hometown and rebuild the wall. Listen to this. Not only does the king release Nehemiah to rebuild the wall, the king also asks him how he can help. And before Nehemiah even gets to answer the question of how he can help, the Bible says that Nehemiah first, with a prayer to the God of heaven, then he replied. And I just want to pause there for a second. That's a word for us as well. We need to, before we say anything to anybody, we need to, with a prayer to God of heaven. So he prayed first. And not only as a result of that, does the king release him to go back and rebuild the wall, but the king gives him the resources, the money he needs to pay for the materials that he's going to need to rebuild the wall. So when we seek God first, when we seek him first, when we humble ourselves, repent of our sin, God will provide everything that we need to do to do what it is he asks us to do. And if he's calling us to build something or rebuild something, if we will humble ourselves, if we we will repent, if we will get before him, remind him of who he is, then he will provide everything that we need to do what it is that he's asked us to do. And so with the blessing and the resources of the king, the Bible actually says, with the gracious hand of God on him, Nehemiah traveled to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. So I want you, if you're listening to me today, I want you to understand that if you have breath in your body, that we all, like Nehemiah, have an assignment from God. Each of you has a divine assignment from God. There is a specific reason why you were born. There is a specific reason why you are where you are right now. There's a reason why you're in the situation that you're in right now. There's a reason why you are listening to me speaking right now. Because you have an assignment that he wants you to complete. Perhaps he's calling you to build something or rebuild something. So I want you to see here when Nehemiah began that rebuilding process, I want you to see what happens so you're not caught off guard. In Nehemiah 4.1, it says, when Symbalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. Symbalat was his enemy. He was the enemy to Nehemiah's people. And when the enemy heard that Nehemiah and the people were rebuilding, the Bible says that he became furious and he became indignant. And then the Bible says that he mocked him. So I want you to hear me. When you do what it is that God has called you to do, there will be people that are not going to like what it is that you're doing. In fact, if you look in verse two, it says that Symbolic ridiculed and mocked Nehemiah. It says, and in the presence of his associates in the army, he said, what are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of trouble burned as they are? So the enemy criticized Nehemiah and the people for trying to rebuild what had been destroyed. He ridiculed them. The enemy mocked them. The enemy looked at those remains. He looked at the rubble. He looked at the rubbish. He looked at once was. He looked at what had been burned down. He said, heaps and stones and rubble burned as they are, and he declared they cannot possibly rebuild that. 
There is no way they can bring those stones back to life. There's no way that there's any life left in it at all. There's no way to rebuild that. I believe that in you, my friend, that there are things in your life that God wants to rebuild. God wants to rebuild things in your marriage. God wants to rebuild things in your children. He wants to rebuild things in your home. He wants to rebuild things in your finances. He wants to rebuild some things in your future. God is a restorer. He is a builder. He is a repairer. And I believe that he wants to rebuild the way even that we have church. And when God wants to rebuild something and you begin the process of rebuilding, you have to understand that there is an enemy of your soul. And there may be people who may not be happy about what it is that God wants you to do. You know, I think that, you know, there's so many people that have so many dreams, so many seeds that have been planted in them, creative ways of doing ministry. But because when they step out in faith to do that, when they step out, you know, the enemy, when we decide to be about God's business and about building something or rebuilding something, the enemy is always waiting for a more opportune time and will come in there and speak those lies and discourage us and cause us to never even pick up the first stone. And what I've discovered in my own journey so far is when I'm headed in the direction of what it is that God wants me to do, there is always opposition. And as aggravating and as painful as it can be, opposition usually means you are headed in the right direction. So if you are in a season of feeling like there is obstacle after obstacle, opposition everywhere you turn, I'm here to tell you, you are probably headed in the right direction because the devil's going to do everything that he can to discourage you and to slow you down, to make you want to quit, to make you turn around and head in the opposite direction. And when you're doing what God wants you to do, there may be people who mock you and reject you. I want you to listen to what the enemies of Nehemiah say in Nehemiah uh, chapter 4, verse 3. They say, that's right. What do they think they're building? Why, if a fox climbed that wall, it would fall to pieces under its weight. In other words, what they're doing isn't going to amount to much. There's no way they can rebuild. They are going to fail. Some of you have tried to build something or rebuild something and people have said to you or about you, this is never going to work. It won't amount to anything. It's impossible to rebuild that. But I want you to hear this girl here today. I can testify that God can take ruins and rebuild them better than they ever were before. So people are here talking badly about Nehemiah. They've rejected him. There's always going to be outside opposition. And so you need to expect it and not be caught off guard. Because like I said, the closer I get to the things that God has destined for me to do, I promise you the more opposition that I have, which is always the indicator that I am indeed getting close to the things that God has for me to do. The devil's always going to try to discourage you. And remember, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. It, we're fighting against, against principalities and powers. So even though it looks like it's him, or it looks like it's her, or it looks like it's them, or it looks like it's this institution, remember, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. It's the spirit that's behind it. And listen, when it comes to rebuilding our families— when it comes to rebuilding our marriages, when it comes to rebuilding our homes, the enemy is relentless. 
So how does Nehemiah respond to their ridicule, to their mocking, to their taunting? He doesn't respond by lashing out. He doesn't get in a debate on Facebook about it. He doesn't do it by arguing. He doesn't do it by bullying. This is the way that Nehemiah responds to the opposition. And this is a lesson for all of us. He does it by praying. Listen to this in Nehemiah 4, verse 4. He said, hear us, our God. For we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight. For they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So listen, take it from me. Let God take care of your enemies. You do the part that you can do. And so that's what Nehemiah did in verse six. It says, so we rebuilt the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. And listen to this, for the people had a mind to work. And I want you to hear me today. For those people who have a mind to work, to do what God has called them to do, to rebuild what God has called them to rebuild, it's going to be those people who have the courage to step out in faith to do that who will have the testimony. It's going to be those people who have a mind to work that are going to be successful in rebuilding that wall. And I love this verse. They rebuilt the wall. They had it joined together because each person did their part. And then the walls were joined together to make one wall. And now look what happened after that in verse 7 of Nehemiah 4. When the enemy heard that the walls were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, the enemy became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Because see, I want you to hear me. That's what the enemy does. He's going to try to get in the way of what God has for you to do. And he's going to try to create chaos and confusion. So the enemy has a meeting to figure out how to stop Nehemiah. And I want you to know when you step out in faith and you decide in your heart, when you set your mind on the things of God to build stuff for the kingdom of God, to build his kingdom, to rebuild things that the enemy, I'm such an elementary school minded person. It's like I, I have to have word pictures in my head. And I actually picture this boardroom in the pit of hell with all these little demons around it and with Satan at the head of the table. And there's a map on the wall. And it's like when Christy decides that she's going to start a ministry called River Dwellers, then it's like he says, we need to, we really need to uh, light up the fire make the fire stronger. And it's like he puts a little push pin on my name. And that's what he does for you as well. You know, he, he, he tries to turn the heat up. But I want you to see what happens after, even though the enemy had a meeting to try to figure out how to stop what Nehemiah was going to do. The Bible says in verse four of Nehemiah four, nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. So that's the other thing we need to learn when we are about rebuilding something is we must learn to pray to God. He says, nevertheless, we made our prayer to God and because of them, because of the enemy, because of the naysayers, because of the obstacles, we set a watch against them day and night. So up to this point, Nehemiah, he's got opposition coming at him from the outside, But then in this next verse, he has more problems. Listen to this in Nehemiah 4.10. It says, then Judah said, and so I want you just a little context here. Judah is one of the 12 tribes. Judah is part of the family. Judah is part of Nehemiah's family. He's actually in the inner circle. And Judah is actually the tribe of praise. But it says in Nehemiah 4.10, but Judah said, the workers are getting tired. 
And there's so much rubble to be moved. We'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Judah should have been one of the ones leading the battle. They should be the ones praising the Lord. Judah, the tribe of praise, actually ends up being the ones complaining, saying there's too much in the way. There's too much damage. We're never going to be able to rebuild this. I believe that some of you have looked at your current situation. You've looked at your current circumstances, and you're talking like Judah did. Instead of praising God with hope and expectancy, Judah's complaining. Judah is saying it's impossible. Judah is saying there's too much damage. Some of you have stopped even trying to rebuild the walls of your lives, the walls of your marriage, the walls of your family, the walls of your home. But hear me today, God wants to restore. He wants to restore your marriage. He wants to restore your family. He wants to restore your finances. He wants to restore your health. He wants to restore your career and your future. But you say, there's too much rubble. There's too much damage. My marriage is dead. My kids have gone too far. Too many people have left our church. And you've decided there's no point even trying to rebuild. But you need to hear this. You're going to have opposition on the outside, but you're going to also have opposition on the inside. So in other words, you'll have people against you outside of your circle, but you may also have people against you inside of your circle. You'll have people you don't even know about talking about you, and you'll have people who should be encouraging you and supporting you talking against you. You're gonna have people who cannot see what you see. They cannot see the dream that God has put inside of you. See, Nehemiah saw that with God, he could rebuild the wall, but other people could not see what it was that Nehemiah saw. And so some of the people did not stand with Nehemiah. But I want to encourage you today. There may be people, it looks like you're thinking, why are they not standing with me? Why do they not have my back? But Nehemiah didn't let that stop him from rebuilding. So regardless of outside opposition, regardless of inside opposition, no matter the outside distractions and no matter the inside distractions, Nehemiah kept rebuilding. So in Nehemiah 4.11, it says, Meanwhile, our, our enemies were saying, Before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. So it seems like Nehemiah is the only one that has the faith that this wall can actually be rebuilt. And so after he learns of their plot to kill them, this is what he did in verse 13. He said, this, this, therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, and I love this because in the middle of the opposition, in the middle of all of these people talking against him, in the middle of these people saying they're never going to succeed, they're not going to be able to rebuild this, that church is never going to grow, that ministry is never going to succeed, that marriage is never going to make it, our family is never going to come out of this, in the middle of Nehemiah's own people not having any faith, that this thing could be rebuilt. And in the middle of every lie that the enemy has ever told you, and in the middle of every curse that has ever been spoken over you, and in the middle of your own family saying that it's too late, I want you to see that Nehemiah stood up 
And he said to the nobles, he said to the officials, and he said to the rest of the people, and this is what I believe God says to you. He said, don't be afraid of them. If the Lord is calling you to rebuild something in your life, God says to you tonight, don't be afraid. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has given you a spirit of love and of power and a sound mind. Nehemiah said, don't be afraid. And then he said in verse 14, he said, remember the Lord. So he's facing a task here that is looks impossible to complete. They hadn't been able to rebuild this wall in a couple hundred years. But Nehemiah had this wall rebuilt in 52 days. And he was able to do that because he remembered the Lord. Scripture says he remembered the Lord who is great and awesome. So what is the big deal about that, about remembering the Lord? Listen, when you're in the middle of trying to do something that the Lord is calling you to do, you're going to have to have the kind of courage and faith in the middle of your fears. And you have to remember that you faced trials and challenges and obstacles before. So we have to remember the Lord. In other words, if he brought you through the problems of yesterday, surely he is going to bring you through the problems of today. So we have to remember the Lord. Nehemiah said, don't be afraid. Remember the Lord. And the last thing he said was this in verse 14. He said, fight. He said, fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Listen, it is time to fight for what it is that you thought could not be made right. It is time, no matter how it looks, to fight for your sons, fight for your daughters, fight for your wives, fight for your homes, fight for your families. I get it. It may look like it's all in ruins. It may look like there's nothing there but rubble. It may look like it's been burned by the fire. But I say to you, and God says to you, fight anyway. Fight for your family. Say the devil can't have my family. Fight for your husband or your wife, even though he or she may not deserve it. Fight for them, even though it seems like nothing is getting through to them. Fight for your children, even if they refuse to even speak to you or you haven't even seen them in a year. Fight for your family, even though it looks like there's no family left. Nehemiah and the people, they kept building the wall. And this is the part I love so much in verse 17. It says, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at rebuilding and with the other hand they held a weapon. The Bible says that with one hand they held a hammer rebuilding and with the other hand they had a weapon to fight. In one hand a hammer, one hand a sword, one hand to keep rebuilding and doing the work that God has called you to do. And the other hand, the weapons of your warfare. So while you're rebuilding, keep on praying. While you're rebuilding, keep on reading. Keep on fasting. Keep on praising. Keep on worshiping. Keep on believing. Have a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. The word says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God will make it happen. And it happened. In verse 15, it says, and it happened when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had brought it to nothing. We all returned to the wall, each to our own work. I want you to hear the Lord say to you today, the plot against you will be brought to nothing. He said, don't be afraid. He said, remember the Lord. So I ask you today, if you're listening to this episode, has God ever done anything for you? 
I know that he has. And if he gave you victory in your past so that you would remember it right now in this present situation, and he says to you today, fight for it. Fight for your family. Fight for your your husband. Fight for your wife. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your children. And so I ask you, what needs to be rebuilt in your life? What is God telling you to rebuild And yes, when the enemy hears that you are rebuilding the walls of your life, when he hears that you're rebuilding the walls of your marriage, the walls of your relationships, the walls of your finances, the walls of your home, I promise you, I can say this from my own testimony, from my own experience, the enemy will be furious and he will mock you. He will taunt you. He will try to delay you. But like Nehemiah, we must know that God will oversee and guard the rebuilding project. And when that rebuild is complete, complete, as with Nehemiah, God will be the one that's glorified. And so in this text, each person rebuilt the wall that was in front of their house. Each person had a portion of the wall. It wasn't just the pastors. It wasn't just the leaders. Each person, each family took care of the part that was front of them to take care of. I know what it looks like when it looks like all the the pieces have fallen down around you. You don't even know where to start, but let's take lessons from Nehemiah about the things that we need to do and take care of the part that is in front of you. And I just feel completely compelled, especially in this moment, just to speak to some of the women that are out there today, you know, that maybe feel like you're trying to do ministry, you're trying to build something, you know, and you've not had success in doing it. You know, I started a women's ministry several years ago, you know, I had no thought in my head that that's what God was going to call me to do. And I promise you, it was hard. And every obstacle that could come against me did. You know, every voice, naysayer came forth at that time trying to shut my mouth and tie my hands behind my back to keep me from doing what God had called me to build. And so if you're a woman out there and you've been called specifically to ministry, you know, I just want to encourage you to get back into this story, to take go back to the notes of this message and be encouraged that God will be a part of you that building project. We just need to be willing to take care of the parts that is in front of us, the part that God is calling us to build. And if you're in a marriage or in a family tonight, and it just feels like it is in ruins, I want to just pray for you today. I want to pray for that person today that is in a ministry and you're so frustrated because you can't seem to get the numbers up. You know, you can't get the people back in the church. You know, we can't seem to recover from all that has happened in our world. I want to pray for you today because I believe this message is for you, that God is speaking to you directly and saying, it is time to rebuild. It doesn't matter what it looks like, and it doesn't matter what the enemy is saying that he is going to give you all the resources because you have come to him, you have taken it to him, you have prayed and you have fasted, you have mourned and you have grieved, and you are remembering the Lord, reminding him of his promises and taking your position at the wall. And so, Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you have specifically 
put people on this episode listening to these words because you are specifically calling someone to rebuild something in their lives. So God, I thank you that you give us the resources to do that. Lord, I just pray that you would give encouragement to that person who feels like that their life is in ruins. Lord, that you would bring people alongside of them that would help them by taking their position on the wall, you know, those exposed places. So Lord, we give you all the glory today for all the things that you're wanting to build in your kingdom as we are living out these last days. So God, I just am praying an activation over every single person under the sound of my voice to be about building the kingdom that you have called us to build. And we give you all the glory. I thank you today for being with us here on Making Waves. We'll see you soon.